Hour number two of overtime. Fan Run Radio. It's overtime. It's Jake Miller, Bryson Taylor, Matthew Catlin, and you. Let's go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone line. Start the hour. Tommy is up first in hour number two. What do you say, Tommy? Hey, y'all boys doing this evening? Yeah. Good. Man, I missed a lot of hour one. Uh, the app was all sketchy. I don't know what was going on with that, but that would be that, that would be one bear, producer of the drive, pushed a button on his way out, probably did it accidentally. Either that oh, or he yeah. really just didn't want people to hear me today. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the first one. But no, like I said, uh, I heard towards the end there, I was talking about, uh, you know, Joe Milton, whether he needs to be the starting quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only concern with Joe, I mean, he looked good. He had a good game plan. He didn't turn the ball over against Clemson. My only deal with Joe, he's, what, 6'4", 245, 250. He's a big old I guy. He six we know, six. He's, he's big. Yeah. He's big. Yeah, and we know he's got a cannon. He can throw the ball to the state line. I mean, that's that's not a problem there. My only deal with his is pocket presence. It seems like when the pocket collapses, he freezes up like a deer in the headlights. And you're that big, I mean, you should be able to at least throw one or two guys off of you and make, you know, Chicken, you know what? Yep. Adam, yeah. So, you ought to be able to do something, but he freezes up at that size, and I don't know if he's got the athleticism to to do like Josh Dobbs or Henny Hooker did, to, you know, kind of swing your hips, make a guy miss, and, you know, scramble up forward, you know, for five yards or more. Well, I mean, you've That's heard when people, going. like when he got on campus, people thought he was coming to play D-line. I was like, no, that's your starting quarterback. Yeah, he's huge. I mean, and I was very proud of him and, you know, glad to see him have a great game like he did against Clemson. Going back to that, I think Beasley should have been the MVP of that game. Oh, absolutely. He was all over, he was all over them guys. Uh, but anyway, uh, real quick, I ain't going to talk a lot of NASCAR because we got JL coming out later this week. But uh, what would you think of the race? Uh, Well, who won? William Byron. Driver the 24. Dominated that race. Oh, Hendrick Motorsports dominated the race. Yeah, all day They long. look phenomenal all day long. Everybody but uh, Josh, Josh Berry in the nine, but that's his first time in the Gen 7 car. I mean, he's been running the car very well, which is ultimately what the old cup car used to be. And another thing was sad is they're actually running faster last lap times in the cup series which is uh, a, a knock in the head but that's a that's a conversation for another time but um at the end of the day i mean you seen joe logano start on the front row him and ryan blaney you know after about 10 or 15 laps them cars they just got shuffled to the back they had good short run speed but the hendrick cars were set up great all day for long run speed my boy alex bowman you know he was stuck back you know, top 15 there for a while, but once that car come to him and they made a couple adjustments on it, he was up towards the front, led a couple of laps, hit strategy, got him up there. But William Byron, at the end of the day, he had the fastest car all day long. Could nobody catch him. Larson was behind him in clean air. Could not run him down. Just a really good day for Chevrolet as a whole. Yeah, and Denny Hamlin, you know, he, he said that. He said Toyota's got some work to do, and then Ford – forward as well to keep up with Chevrolet because at the end of the day, they dominated the race. And all in all, it was kind of a a non-eventful race. There wasn't a lot of cautions there towards until the end, knowing Logano got squeezed up three wide, hit the wall, ended his day, and then Amarola at the end, which cost Kyle Larson the win. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I'd give it a, I'd probably give it a C-plus for a pretty good race. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. I'm right there with you. I'd probably give it about a C plus. Well, one more thing, and I'll get off NASCAR for I'll get everybody to turn it off the radio. Uh, the Chicago street course and all the road courses coming up since Chase Elliott, he's going to be out for a while. That was a, a three-hour surgery is not something you're going to come back in um, three or four weeks. You know, he's going to be out for a minute. Mm-hmm. So when we get to these road course races, which Rick Hendrick is affiliated with this guy, and I think you know who I'm talking about. They're in business together with dealerships. 
you want a road course king who knows how to get around and can do a good showing for your car, I say Rick Hendrick needs to call up Boris said. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Either that or call up the uh, the co-owner of the company if he hasn't gained too much weight to get in a car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd put Jeff in there, but, you know, somebody is probably getting a little bit more seat time than Jeff. Uh, i put Boris, or I haven't even go over and get Connor Daly. You know, he's affiliated with JRM, which is also affiliated with Hendricks. Uh, you know, he's got the IndyCar pedigree. He knows road courses. Give him a little bit of seat time. Uh, I think in another stage or two, he'd probably figure that car out and be able to whip it around there and have a good, decent showing. But my my my, my number one pick, Big Boris said, that's not a bad pick at all. That's going to be an interesting question for JL on Friday. And you know, when it was coming to road courses, I knew what my bets were going to be at the start of the year. I was like, yeah, it's going to be Chase Elliott because it's either him, Martin Truex, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez or A.J. Allmendinger, because those guys are going to perform at road courses because that's what they do. And that's and one got, guy eliminated from the equation. Well, and you got your dark horses, too. You know, Michael McDowell, he's not just a speedway driver. You watch him at Sonoma. You watch him at Watkins Glen. That 34 car is usually up towards the front. Um, they just don't have the, the horsepower to get up there and compete with the, the Joe Gibbs and the Hendrick yet. And, and I think it's coming. It is. It is without a doubt. I mean. And when you think about, uh, you know, we talk about A.J. Allmendinger and Colleg Racing. Uh, if there's anybody that's got the money to put into the sport, it's Matt Colleg. Oh, yeah. He's not afraid to put money in the sport just like Trackhouse was when they acquired Chip Ganassi. Uh, and you can still see the only two drivers this year so far to have all top ten finishes has been Alex Bowman and Daniel Suarez. They finished in the top ten in every race so far. It really should have been Ross Chastain, too, at Daytona. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I, I believe uh, this is going to be an interesting season, especially with Chase Elliott out and see if the waiver gets through, you know, like Kyle Busch did in 2015 when he, you know, he was out for a couple of races with the broke leg and come back and ended up winning the championship. So, you know, he's not done if he can get back in the car, you know, at least before halfway through the season. I think the reason – that you're going to see Chase's get denied and the reason we saw Kyle's get approved. You know, Kyle, he got hurt in the car. Exactly. Chase Elliott got hurt snowboarding. That's a non-NASCAR event, activity, whatever you want to call it. That can be the one thing that I can see being a factor in this and not getting approved is because Chase Elliott did it outside of NASCAR. Well, real quick, uh, and on that, do you do you believe that the – NASCAR owners should have a, a clause in their contract like the NFL does. Look, you can't be going out here and jumping dirt bikes over, you know, 18 wheelers and, you know, doing all this stuff that could possibly get you hurt. I understand it's a full contact sport, but these guys are sitting in the driver's seat running 200 miles an hour week in, week out for three hours next to each, each other, which is dangerous in its own. But when you got uh, the most popular driver in the sport and a talented driver, a championship driver, go out and and end his season on a snowboarding accident, uh, I think they are a little bit of clauses. Yeah, um, and I don't think you have to go to the extreme that they did with Patrick Mahomes' contract. Like that guy can basically go to practice, go home, and that's it. Um, yeah. But I do think that there needs to be some stipulations in the contract, especially, like you said, for a championship driver, a driver of elite caliber. You cannot have them doing stuff like this, man. Like, he probably could have made yeah, another too- run at the championship this year. Yeah, there's too many people on board. I mean, you got Chevrolet, you got Napa, you got all these other primary or secondary sponsors. You just signed Coca Cola. Yeah, there's too many people that's got a lot of money invested because you're so good. And now all of a sudden you're sidelined and we're having to put a. Xfinity Series driver in the seat to, you know, to compensate for it. But, uh, like I said, I'll say the rest of it for JL this Friday. Um, I just want to get in and holler at y'all guys and say what y'all was up to, but I'll let y'all go. Appreciate the phone call, Tommy. Just got a text from one Billy Stats. He's like, man, overtime is a rip Rick Barnes fest right now. Yeah. Like, well, that was our number one, yes. <laughs> Well, you can do it for hour number two as well, if you, oh, want. Man. If you two really minute, want to. Two minutes ago, by the way, here's another report that just came out. Oh, great. Stevens 
Steve Adams recently said a players only meeting that the Grizzlies need to quote unquote show better discipline and quote unquote stay away from going out on the road. This was before John Lamp posted a video with a gun. I wouldn't go out on the road to begin with. I wouldn't even go eat at a restaurant on the road. Dude, like, I would order a pizza under home. a fake name. John Smith, Domino's, to this room at this hotel. Or meet at, like, one of the hot... Don't even... No. Even better. Go find one of the hot spots on the app and have them meet you there. Dude, what, what are we doing, man? When I have to work weekends, I don't even go out. Like, I don't understand why we have to go out. <laughs> Dude, just... Stay in your hotel. You go with a game, go to the hotel. You're going home in a few hours anyway. Go back to the hotel. What do you need to go out for? You don't. To relieve some quote-unquote stress? You get paid millions of dollars to dribble a basketball. I understand that every human being deals with stress in different ways, but this is not one of the ways you should ever deal with any type of stress. No, no. Um, that's not relieving stress. That's, uh, that's a cop-out yes. in this situation. You don't go out and party and blow money to relieve stress. No. You just don't. Do you really think Nico should be starting quarterback? Maybe. If he's learned the offense, he's going to come out and perform? Maybe. I think I need to see. I mean, you're going to get to see him against Virginia most likely. I mean, I need to see. You're going to see him the next game. I need to see what Joe Milton does in. Game one. Because this orange and white game, it doesn't prove anything. It never has proved anything. I wouldn't even say game one. I would say game three. Against Florida. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I I am not a fan of the Orange and White game, but I am going to be interested just to kind of see what happens. Th- what happens, yeah. Not that it would show me anything, really, or tell me anything about Nico, but, you know, I mean, I will definitely be tuned in for him. Currently watching Furman and Chattanooga. Furman, rumored to be a potential matchup for Tennessee. Yeah, they yeah, I do not want to play Furman, man. They have a guy that averages 20, like 18, and they have the SoCon player of the year. I do not want to play Furman. Oh, by the way, uh, UNC Asheville, two guys, two seniors, both from Bearden High School, went in the Big South last night. So they, what, they have an automatic bid now? Yeah. We're going to play them. I mean, what, this is the inevitable. What if we did? <laughs> we're, just, we're going to, and we're going to lose. What if they're like the first 16 seed to make it to a Final Four, and where they like the other, like where their Final Four matchup, we have to play them in the Final Four? <laughs> what if? Man. Then Rick Barnes would tell Drew Pember how proud of him he is of him, and kind of like he did with Jerry Stackhouse after we lost. It'd just be a whole thing. I can't wait. That'd be a fun Twitter day. That would be a terrible Twitter day. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of... Speaking of, did you all see the tweet that was put out by a podcast that I, I didn't even know existed, to be honest with you? Uh, no. What, no. What podcast? I'm not going to give them any free publicity. <laughs> that ain't happening. Just another Tom and Jerry podcast, basically. <laughs> oh, you said, man. You said they know it exists, so I mean... The tweet says, Tennessee fans amaze me. They'll slobber over Tony, choked two years in a row in the NCAA tournament, and praise Kelly, one ranked win in 2022-2023, love Heupel, choked against South Carolina, but bleep on Rick Barnes, who has Tennessee relevant in BKB, I'm assuming that means basketball, never heard that. Huh? You say BKB? I'm assuming it means basketball, I've never Never seen it abbreviated never. like that. No, never. I mean, MBB would have been. Yep. <laughs> after he inherited a dumpster fire, dumbest fan base in America. Did they get ratioed? Bad. Yeah. Thank, good. thank goodness, man. Thank goodness, because if not, I would have gone and tweeted ratio at them. <laughs> well, first off, baseball is totally different than any of those other sports. Um, yep. So. Baseball is baseball is probably I would say baseball is the most unpredictable sport. It is the most unpredictable sport. Yeah, yeah. It, you can get a pitcher that just gets hot one night. Uh you're not hitting him. No, no, no. Or you can just get hot like we did against half of the SEC last year. Or actually, all of the SEC and hit 27 runs in the game. No, you can get hot and make it to Omaha like we did the year before. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is skill, but it, 
involves getting hot, staying hot, keeping your motivation up. And, you know, there were some things last year that played into that that killed our momentum going into Notre Dame. It is what it is. But, you know, with basketball, you know, you can't tell much about a team before conference play starts. And Billy Stats and I were talking, and this applies to almost every sport. Mm-hmm. Why do we have preseason rankings when we have no idea of what's actually going to play out? I mean, look at UNC. Look at UNC, looking football. Texas A&M. Yeah, number six, by the way. Mm-hmm. Look at our women's basketball team. Were we top five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I think we were top five. I mean, uh, I made a bet that uh, Texas A&M would have eight or eight, eight or less wins. So my buddy said they'd have nine wins. I won that bet in week nine of the college football season. Nice. Yep. Um, I mean, it's just it's number six was insane. Miami was what number like ten? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, why have why have preseason rankings? Why even have rankings until November in football? Why have rankings before conference play starts in basketball? Yeah. You don't know who the best teams are going to be, especially in basketball. Basketball. I mean, football. Let's call it like this. Football is more predictable. Mm-hmm. Basketball not as predictable. Baseball, hardest to predict. Yep. In the line of work that we do, that is the hardest to predict. Yes. I mean, basketball, when it comes to, um, I think they would do preseason rankings because they you know, have the, they have those preseason tournaments. Which really don't mean anything in the grand scheme of yeah, things. Yeah, like, like when we played Gonzaga, that, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that game really changed anything. Not this season, no. but when we played Gonzaga, when they had um, Rui and, and them, out there was it the Mount? Was that the Maui Invitational? Yes. Yeah. Uh, this year? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Uh, a couple years ago. We went to Maui. We went to. Um... It was like one versus six or something. We played Gonzaga. We beat them. I forget what Invitational it was. We that was at uh, Talking Stick Resort Arena out yeah. in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was in- like one little deal where they did and had a bunch of teams there. Yeah. I don't even think it was a tournament. I think we just were one of the games that got selected. Yeah. So I mean, did that game? I mean, that game really. Do anything? Uh, no, it got us a win over the number one team in the country. I mean, it was a great basketball game. Oh, it was a wonderful That was a fantastic game. basketball yes. game. Yes. But I think that's the reason they do those rankings like that. It's because you have, like, I mean, who was it this year? It was like, it was Arkansas and Creighton were like. Eight and nine. Yeah, eight and nine or something like that. And that's the reason they do it. I understand why they do it. I just don't feel the need to have those. Right. But now we got statistics like North Carolina might be the first. Uh, I think they might be the first preseason number one ever to not make the tournament. Since 1964. It's happened three times before that. But this is the first one since then. Wow. So that's. I mean, that's basically when the NIT was still the big thing. It was like 15. Is that 30, 36 plus 23? Yeah, so 59 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's double my age. More than double my age, actually. Yeah. Craziest thing about North Carolina is they have the same team from last year, minus Brady Manning. That's yeah. That yeah, yeah, That's that's the, an amazing stat. Yeah, that's the I crazy mean, thing. They, I mean, because one of my buddies is a UNC fan. He's like, I don't even know why we were number one. I said, dude, y'all brought everyone back except one player. What do yeah. you mean? I mean, they got hot to end the year. You know, something to keep in mind too. We talk about how this team has finished awful. They've been terrible, and then. You go back to Conzo Martin's first year here. Started out terrible. I don't say terrible. They started out really, really slow. In the season, well enough to get a number two seed in the NCAA, or not the NCAA, but the SEC tournament. We go to the NIT. Next year. Yeah, kind of mid-year. Go to the NIT. Next year, things were not good. Things were not good at all. And we backdoor our way into the NCAA tournament. As people were wanting Conzo Martin fired, you get to the Sweet 16. Basketball is a weird sport. And that's what kind of gives me hope. Not hope, but, you know, we might go on a run this year. Just watch it. It's going to happen. It's almost the inevitable. It's a little little bit of light. Yeah. It's shining through the clouds, some would say. All depends on the draw. That it does. Stay with us. Overtime continues. More of your phone calls coming up.
Back here on Overtime, Fan Run Radio, and back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. Patrick is next. What do you say, Patrick? Doing good. Living the dream, man. Same here. Just got off uh, work and uh, driving home in, uh, in Atlanta. Nice. Did, uh, did anyone go to Rogers Memorial? Yes, I actually went uh, with Russell and Bear yesterday. I'm sure it was well attended, right? Very well attended. A lot of orange. I was told uh, by the gentleman who uh, was helping setting everything up, he's like, I want to see a sea of orange. And it did not disappoint. Well, he, he was well loved, that's for sure. That he was. And, uh, of course, uh, going to give a quick shout-out to Tony Basilio and Bino. Uh, they showed up and you know got to meet those guys. And, uh, you know, everyone – Everyone came in, and everybody, nobody had a bad thing to say about Roger. Did find out something yesterday, though. What's that? So, Roger's church, they went on a little getaway, like a little trip or something that you do, like every now and again, you take the youth group on a trip. Uh, old Rod went whitewater rafting once. You're kidding. Oh, the, <laughs> they, the guy said, man, we took him on this trip, and... We were just sitting there. It's like, y'all took Roger white water rafting? Sure enough, they did, and they said he was praying the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, so what are we – are we talking about the NCAA tournament? I heard uh, the conversation about Conzo. I did want to make a comment or two about him. It, in my assessment of Conzo, he jumped ship about every three or four years before he was going to get canned until he got to the zoo and then got canned. That's pretty much what happened. You know, he left here, went to Cal, left Cal to go to Mizzou, and then now I don't know what he's doing. And as far as Tennessee is concerned in the tournament, we're down a point guard, should have beaten Auburn, but we couldn't make a basket in the last half of the game. But, you know, Barnes, this is this has uh, been discussed for – Longer than Barnes has been here. The very reason that Barnes was unsanctimoniously ushered out of Texas was not about the regular season. It was all about the tournament season, the NCAA tournament. Right. Because he has a 30-year history of underperforming in the tournament. Now, you have certain basketball analysts that want to talk about, well, it's all about the matchup. Well, the last time I checked, you're not playing a matchup. You're playing to win a game. Yep. And you may have a bad matchup, but you're not always going to have the best matchup. And you've got to take what you have and win. I mean, I hope that Tennessee makes it to the Sweet 16. Do I expect it? No, because I Barnes' record is his record. I had nothing to do with Barnes' record. That's him and his mm-hmm. team. So it's is it his team's fault? People, I guess, want to say, well, can't blame Barnes. Okay, we blame blame the pay, the players, or who do we blame? Well, maybe he'll make this week's 16. Maybe they'll make a run to the eight. Who knows? I hope they do, but I'm not going to get my hopes up that they will. No, absolutely not. I mean, you talk about matchups. Let me ask you this. We, we just mentioned the uh, game against Gonzaga out in Phoenix back when Grant and Admiral were here. Do you think that Admiral right. Schofield and Rory Hatchamurray – Hachimura was a good matchup? No. That guy went on to play in the NBA. Both of them are in the NBA now. But you got one that is a now a key role player for the Los Angeles Lakers. That right. wasn't a good matchup. We just played really well against him. And that's, you know, that's what, you know, Pearl, he took it. He outcoached Barnes the last five minutes of the game. Barnes mm-hmm. didn't change. We had bigs in the lineup that we shouldn't. They drove the lane and got fouled. Or they made the shot and got fouled. And, you know, it, it just it, – it, it, I mean, Barnes is a really, really good coach. He's, by all accounts, a really, really good man, right? Right. He does things for the community that people don't know about. He doesn't talk about them. He just does them. I appreciate that. But at the same token, I am so tired of hearing about well, the matchup, it's a bad matchup, this. Well, too bad. You're not – some some teams 
beat us, and it's a bad matchup for them. Oh, here's you another one, Patrick. Apparently, there is a luck calculator. And apparently, Tennessee has some of the quote-unquote worst luck in oh. college basketball. <laughs> I- I'm not kidding. That's a real statistic. And people are just trying to say, oh, well, we just have bad luck. You don't just have bad luck over the course of several games. You have bad luck on one or two nights. Right. Not the past ten games when your last ten games in which you are four and six. Well, you know, I hope we get hot and tear off a few wins in the NCAA tournament. You know, I hope we make it to the Elite Eight. And then people look, he he made it to the Elite Eight. Well, you're not going to hear me saying, well, the only reason why we won is because we had a good matchup. The last time that I checked, you only talk about a bad matchup when you lose. Yep. Period. You never talk about a good matchup. Right. All right, guys. I appreciate it. I'm out. Appreciate the phone call, Patrick. That's a good call by Patrick. It's a really good call by Patrick. The more I sit here and think about it, just the more we have to do to dodge a five seed. So maybe we need to win Thursday. You know, you're right. Because that will go. If we lose to Ole Miss or South Carolina, like, we're, we're that getting that five good. seed. We are getting a five seed, and that will not be good. And then we'll be playing Furman. Furman. Or conference champion. Yeah, I mean. Like a team that we don't want to play. Right. Like, this is not like football where it's like, oh, well, we're playing Furman. Okay, that's a easy W. Or we're playing South Alabama. Yeah, it's another cupcake. No, that is not how this works in basketball. Hey, hey, man, whenever I see uh, Stephen F. Austin, I do not want to play Stephen F. Austin, man. Stephen F. Austin or Northern Iowa or teams like that, man, you don't want to see those teams. Every time I see Stephen F. Austin, I pick them in my bracket. Every time I see Butler, I get scared. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Butler – Steve F. Austin, the Northern Iowa, Wichita State, VCU, Foman, uh, teams like that. I just don't want to play. I'd rather play a big name school than those teams, honestly. I'd re- yeah, I'd rather play a North Carolina <laughs> yeah. or a Duke yeah. or a Syracuse. Then I, then I wouldn't be that mad losing to those teams. Yeah. I mean, if you lose, I mean, if you lose like a Foman or somebody, you're like, what are we doing? It's like, you know, you're recruiting better than them. You know you have the ability to go get better players than what they have. Patrick just made a really good point, though. Like We never talk about good matchups when we win. Yeah, We only talk about bad matchups when we lose. And we kind of are a victim of that because we say we matched up bad against Kentucky because we lost. You mean like good matchups, meaning like one-on-one matchups? Like, I mean – I mean, like Olivier had a good like I don't I, I'm, but I don't know if that was a good matchup though. Like he had a good game, but was it was it a good matchup though? I mean, take a look at Urosh against uh, Kentucky here. Yeah. He had 19 points, but he only had three rebounds. Yes. So was it really a good matchup when he couldn't dominate the boards? He could score. Probably the most. I think it was the most points he'd had in his career. Yeah, before that was like eight. And, you know, and you, know you know he's also shooting 38 percent from the free throw line. Stop. I thought you were going to say from the field. I want you to read that stat again. Euros, I want people to hear this. U.S. before he missed all four free throws at Auburn, was shooting 38% from the free throw line. You know, even if he had hit those, my bet still would have covered. Yep. Hey, man, just, just do it, Rick Barry did, man. Just... Granny shot it, man. Just throw it on the hand. That's my fraternity brother. Rick Barry? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's pathetic. Thirty-eight <sighs> percent. Uh do you think you can shoot better than thirty eight percent on hundred shots? Oh, I know yeah. I can shoot better than thirty eight percent. I know I can. Probably with my left hand. And I'm a righty. I don't think I can do it left hand. I don't think I, I do left hand either. I could definitely Shoot better than thirty eight percent. Matter of fact, y'all want to do that this weekend? Oh, yeah, when I'm not in town. Yeah, yeah. I'll shoot for everybody. I think yeah. Davis could shoot thirty eight percent with his left hand. Davis would shoot ninety five percent with his left hand. Oh, with his left hand? No, yeah, with uh, his, probably about seventy. With his left hand, yeah, seventy. But with his strong hand, he probably missed probably over under seven. Oh man, he gets so mad. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah. out of ten. Right now, if you were to go to the free throw line right now, how many are you making? Probably six. I'd say six or seven. 
Eight. Davis probably makes ten. Davis will make all ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I just don't understand how it's that hard, man. Really don't. Also, Oral Roberts is who I do not want to play. Toledo is another one. <laughs> any mid-major. Yes, I any mid-major match, stay away. Just, just go to the other side of the bracket, please. Just Imagine getting matched up with St. Mary's. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy, man. I mean, take Furman, for example. Like These are a bunch of guys that feel like they were overlooked their entire career. I mean, they're from what, South Carolina, so they think. Yes. They're probably from the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida. So they're playing these Power 5 schools in, in the tournament with a chip on their shoulder. One, just to add to the fire. So. I mean, and you got these guys from Chattanooga that were either rejects at another Power 5 school. Yep. Also, or they're from the area. Also, they showed before, I don't know if y'all are watching the screen, because I have a direct, they showed the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Yeah, don't want to play them. Nope. But, and that's the thing with a lot of these small schools that, you know, kind of gets overlooked is a lot of these guys are found at, like, your AAU mm-hmm. super Mm-hmm. They call them the super regional tournaments. Yeah. And, you know, the sub-state tournaments, the state tournaments for AAU, that's where these guys are getting picked up from. They're not going to these Under Armour, Nike, no, Adidas camps. No. And they're they're just not invited. You know who also don't want to play, for, play against? Who's that? Uh, who won the other day between Drake and Bradley? I think it was the uh, is it the Mountain? Or was it Missouri Mount- Valley? Yeah, Missouri Valley Conference. Yeah, don't want to play either of those teams, man. No, you don't. And yeah, you're exactly right, Bryce. Like these guys have been overlooked their entire career. It's like you didn't get invited to the Nike camp. You didn't get invited to Under Armour or Adidas. You have to go and play AAU ball or YBOA ball. And that's where you have to get noticed. And you have to go show out at these super regional tournaments, the national tournaments, the state tournaments. You have to show up at those because that might be your only shot at getting a Division One college basketball offer. And then when they make it to the NCAA tournament, this might be their only time playing it on national television. That might be their one chance to get to the NBA. Right. I mean, not everybody's like, you know, and I know we talked about him earlier in a bad light, but, you know, John Morant at Murray State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he got overlooked his entire life. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to Murray State, and it's like, oh, wow, this guy's averaging, I think he was averaging, what, 33? Double, double. He was averaging double-double. Yeah, with like 33 points a game. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And it's like, okay, we missed bad on this guy mm-hmm. because he wasn't at these camps. And to answer your question, Matthew, I just looked it up. Drake beat Bradley by 24, yeah. so let's stay away from Drake. Stay from Drake, yep. <laughs> and Bradley was a good team, 25 yeah. wins. I mean, Yeah, uh, Drake, uh, I watched I watched some of that game. I, I had a meal game yesterday that cut in between half of it, so I got to watch a little bit of the first half. Dude, That that there's a, there's a uh, white guy on the team, man. Absolute just scrappy, man. He makes all the winning plays that you need to, that you need to be made. You know what I just thought about that could play to a small school's advantage? Look at when their championship game is in their conference tournament. Yep. It's two weeks Two before. weeks out. Yeah, it's two weeks, yeah. And we're the only conference, I think, that plays on Sunday before. Because ACC's done on Saturday. Saturday, yep. Yeah, Big 12? I think they're a Sunday. Let me go look. Yeah, look that up. That Big 12 and Big 10. Either way, thanks to the SEC for doing us no favors. Yep. So we set ourselves up for failure. Yeah. To begin with, as a conference. Let's see. Because, like, all your small conferences, they're playing their championship games, like, right now. Literally, we are watching one. Furman and Chattanooga. Is this? I think this is a second-round matchup, I think. This is a championship. This is a championship championship game. This is? Oh, wow. The SEC, uh, the A-10, the AAC, the Big Ten, and the Ivy League. So, us and the Big Ten are playing – on Sunday. Okay. Interesting. Huh. Huh. So, less time to prepare. Yep. Less time to get rest. I mean, that's another thing. These guys are well-rested by the time they get ready to play in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And they're, they're chopping at the bits to give it. Like, they want to Wow. What a play. What a play. Chattanooga. That big man right there averages like 23-7-5. and five. I would hope. Goodness. Oh, Jokic in him. Chattanooga on a 10-0 run. Interesting. The Purple Paladins of Furman. Chattanooga making a little run here. This might be an interesting game. Dude, this game last year, did you watch this game last year? Uh, no. It was, it went to, uh, 
it was tied. They went to overtime, and then uh, John Baptiste made uh, he made a three to win this championship that sent Chattanooga into the championship uh, into the NCAA tournament. I think they played really tight uh, at the beginning of this year too. Uh huh. Nice. Let's get Jason in Georgia in here before we go to break. What's up, Jason? What's going on, gentlemen? Living the dream. Yeah, buddy. Good to talk to you tonight. Hey, listen, I tell you who we don't want none either if they make it through, and that's South Dakota State. That's another one. Uh, the Jackrabbits. Uh, yep. Yeah, that, that that's another team there to watch out for. They went right behind ORU, I believe. And um, But, yeah, we want none of Oral Roberts, none of South Dakota State. So we got to – we got to beat South Carolina and Ole Miss, which I believe we can do fairly handily. And I think we're actually set up pretty good to make a little run because I think we could beat Missouri, um, and then we'd have Alabama, and we know we can beat them. We should beat them without Ziggler. So, I mean, you know, but the, the whole thing, the whole season to me, comes down to Barnes not developing B.J. Edwards. Absolutely. I, not giving him any run early in the season. Look, let's be honest. Let's let's look at this. Who is not afraid to put true freshmen in a in a ball game? Josh Heupel. Who is not afraid to, to run true freshmen out there uh, in ball games? Tony Vitello. Who is scared out of his mind to run a true freshman out there up forty against Alcorn State? Rick Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Unless your name is Julian Phillips, <laughs> and even then, you're not going to give him free reigns to do what he wants to do. Exactly. So, I mean, those dudes just run out there. I mean, I've never seen a basketball team more afraid of making a mistake than this bunch right here. Tyreek Key is one of them. When B.J. Edwards gets out there, he's just like, "Don't screw up! Don't screw up! Don't screw up!" They don't play free, you know. I mean. Heupel in the offense, they're like, hey, man, we coach our guys up to, to be able to run out there. Don't think, just let it rip. And and Barnes just chokes the talent out of these kids. And, I mean, I, I, I get tired of harping on it, but this is the truth. The Kai's out, now who do we turn to? We don't have anybody. No, we don't. It's, that's on recruiting and lack of development. And, and that's coaching. I mean, we can talk about the player. You know, Barnes don't take, you know, Barnes doesn't take the shot. Hey, whatever. Whatever. I mean, you've got to be able. Look, kids don't come to programs to ride the pine. Top 100 players don't come to, to Tennessee to ride the bench. You think Calipari would get B.J. Edwards run? Absolutely. You think Bruce Pearl wouldn't love to have B.J. Edwards right now? Oh, I'd love to. Love it. You think Reed Shepard is going to ride the bench at Kentucky next year? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, it's a it's a travesty, and, you know, I don't think he's going to transfer because he's a Tennessee kid, Knoxville kid, whatever. But if I'm him, I'm hitting the portal, man, and starting somewhere next year. I mean, and not not like a, you know, George Mason kind of deal. I no. mean, there's a lot of Power 5 schools that he could start for next year. Bruce Pearl would Auburn, probably take yeah. him in. Pearl would take him to, like, yesterday. Pearl would have said, hey, uh, over the weekend, just, just let him stay here. We'll, we'll go ahead and put him up, and we'll get him enrolled over here. <coughs> he would have kept him last weekend. But I just, it, it, it's frustrating as all get out. Uh, we're fighting for a four seed, which is sad to me. And we got to win two games in the tournament, I think, to do it. And if we do that, you know, we might not get out of the first round, which is crazy to even think about. But, like you guys said, there's some mid-major team just chomping at the bit, ready to go out there and, and just let it rip. And here's the thing. If we get down to a team like that, you can forget it. It's over. I mean, the – Prime example that I go back to, a team that is very undervalued, that made something happen in the first round, my Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders against Michigan State 
in the 2016 tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Your MTSU Blue Raiders. I mean, you're talking about a bunch of guys. I mean, you're talking about Reggie Upshaw and Giddy Potts that went out there and beat Michigan State. Reggie Upshaw had a game. That dude is a baller. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it happens every year, and we're right now. Our program, to me, is a poor man's Virginia. Oh man, good way to put it. Oof. that hurt. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. And and hey, the truth hurts. I know you're up against it. Uh, appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate the phone call, Jason. Stay with us. Final segment of the program coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Final segment of the program. It's overtime. It's Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Bryson Taylor, Matthew Catlin, and you. Oh, my goodness. Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> we told you he had to be stopped. Nobody listened. Uh, who wants to read the story? I think Bryson wants yeah. to. Go ahead, buddy. I will pull it up real quick. Tell us like it is. Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> It's been, a, it's been a bad weekend for people that have the first two letters in their name of starting with J and A. <laughs> nice. Yep. All right. Jackson Mahomes. Uh, a video surfaced of Jackson Mahomes allegedly forcing a woman um, at her own restaurant. Um, the woman said, he forcibly kissed me out of nowhere, and I am telling him in the video, pushing him off, saying, what are you doing? And then he did it two more times. Well, that's a sexual assault. Basically. Yeah, the video, uh, yeah. It's not, Have you seen the video? Yeah, it's not It's not good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's not a good watch. You can it's see terrible. her kind of, yeah, pushing him away. Yeah, it's it's, it's terrible to watch. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, can't do that. <laughs> no. no. Well, and, you know, too, this guy is the product of... TikTok. That and... Being the brother of the best what, quarterback in what the highest paid quarterback right now in the NFL? I'd say highest he's paid probably, player. I'd say he's the best quarterback. I'd say he's probably the best player in the NFL right now. He might be, but Patrick earned all that. Yes. Jackson Mahomes didn't earn any of that. No. no. He rode his brother's coattails to start him. Yep. That's all he did. How old is Jackson Mahomes? Anybody know? I'm I think he's my age, actually. Yeah, I think he's probably is he is he the old he cannot be the older brother. No, I think he's the younger brother. Patrick, is Patrick Mahomes old how old is Patrick Mahomes? Twenty nine. Okay, Jackson Mahomes is twenty two years old. Whoa, really? He's yeah. my age? He was born in two thousand. What day? May. I thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we so scared. I guess Patrick's what, twenty five, twenty six? Yeah, I think I think Patrick has to be like twenty seven. I mean, he's been in the league what five years? Probably twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, he's twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, man, uh, twenty two years old, and whew, what are we doing here, man? What are we doing? Speaking of the NFL, uh, we were told by a very well known reporter, not we, but it was tweeted people. Keep your eye on Miami. Yep. Uh, I thought yep. you. I thought you were going to talk about the tweet that said the Titans are looking to shop Derrick Henry. Oh no, dude! They're going to get rid of him. Yep. They're going to blow it. Are up. we talking about Brady? Yep. Dude, just stay retired, man. Just, yeah, just, just hang retire, it up. Retire, man. His, did you all see the picture that got posted this weekend of him? No. His face is all sunken in. Like he looks awful. I think he's like forty-eight years old, man. Give it a like, dude. Give it up, like. Just retire, man. You've done. You've now done, he's he's turning into the Ric Flair of football, is what yeah, he's doing. I mean, like Ric Flair, yeah, he was fantastic in his prime and lasted a long time. Yep. Once he started getting older, it's like, okay, yeah, it is time for this guy to hang it up because now it's just the same. And old then, antics. and then Ric Flair went to TNA, and oh man, it was just bad. And I always I, thought it was terrible how much they just made that guy like they'd blade him 
and he just sit there uh, and have the blood all in his hair. He's bleeding all the way, like all the way down <laughs> his body. I'm like, dude, this man's like seventy years old, man. Let this man, this man does not need to bleed. <laughs> what are we doing here? He's probably had to get like, what? I mean, don't they? Can't they do that thing where they put blood back in you? What a transfusion? Yeah, that's probably what he had to do. All the blood he lost from his bleeding is basically cutting his head split open. <laughs> and he'd always come into Monday Night Raw with the bandage yeah, on his Yeah, band-aids forehead. on. I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Oh, man. And highlights of the Sunbelt Championship on behind us. South Alabama and Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Playing this one in Pensacola? Nice. Yeah, that, that's actually, actually dope. The yeah. fun belt. Ooh. 37 to 33 at the half. South Alabama leads. Uh, here we go. Why did I just mention them a few minutes ago? It's like a like a mid. Because uh, we were talking about mid majors and like don't compare it to football. Yeah, you talk about uh, South Alabama when it comes to football. Yeah, yeah. I just mentioned them. They might be about to win their conference. Yeah, and then who is this? You can see Wilmington against Hofstra. Yes. Yeah. I'm a fan of Wilmington. I like. Ooh. I think did they win? How much time is left in this game? Uh oh. I think this game might actually be over. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, three minutes left to go in that game. Ooh, people might want to turn that TV on. It's tied 68-68. Shout out to Davis and his uh, YouTube TV. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, bro. I know you're... Hope the test went well. Uh, I hope I hope you're okay, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Hope the test. With the went way well. you left on Friday. Yeah. Hope the test went well, and hope the one tomorrow goes even better. Boy, he's got one tomorrow. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Never ends for him. Never ends. Bless his heart. Yep. As I'm sitting here doing like one assignment a week, because my schedule is so, and such a joke. He's out here just grinding away. Okay, first of all, Billy Stats, I never said we hated Ric Flair. Who said, no, no, who said we hate Ric Flair? <laughs> Nobody said that. I love Ric Flair. I love Ric Flair. I said, I said just give it up. We just said don't blade yourself all the way across your face and have blood running don't down take, your don't, ankles. Don't take a steel chair shot to the head with no guard. <laughs> like... Good night, man. Just don't put your don't don't do that to your body. I just say if you did it like the eighties and nineties, but then the twenty tens or early two thousands, like dude. At what point does it become abuse of the elderly? When when uh Mick Foley lost like half his healing in an ear, that's when it becomes like bad. I mean lost half his ear. He lost half of his ear. Yeah, that's dude. what it was, yeah, ear, yeah. I couldn't, yeah. yeah, I couldn't think of what it was. Yeah. His ear, I mean and then he damn near died in hell in a cell. Yep, when he when uh, Undertaker threw him off the cage, and then well, the first time, and then the second time <laughs> when he went, goes back and up, and he goes back up and goes through the cage unintentionally. Yeah, have you seen that video? You ever saw that video about Undertaker talking about it? Like when he can hear the zip ties breaking. Yeah, when they're walking on it. Yeah, they're walking on it, and like when he threw him through it, if he would like been like one step forward, he would have gone through the grade as well. Well, and you know, like if Mick Foley had landed the way he would have supposed to have mm-hmm. he would have died yeah man Bryson have you ever seen that match I have not dude go oh man go watch that 1998 match. King of the Ring Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in a Cell yes because the first one the first Hell in a Cell was 97 with Michaels and Undertaker correct when Kane came out for the first time and then you also here's another one you've ever seen the six man uh, Hell in a Cell Armageddon Hell in a Cell. Yes. When they threw Rikishi off the top of it. Dude, that match had Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Rikishi, Triple H, and I think Kurt Angle. That was a match. That was a match and a half. Oh, man. Well, if we didn't run you off a NASCAR talk, we might have run you off a wrestling talk. I mean, I I love love the old WWE. This new new stuff is terrible. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. So... Your job, you have an assignment. Okay. Your homework is to watch King of the Ring, 1998, Hell in a Cell. All right, can we assign Matthew assignment? Yes. Your job, Matthew, is to watch the JBL versus John Cena I Quit match at Judgment Day. Oh, I've seen it. I was hoping it would be a NASCAR assignment. but Oh, we can do that. (laughs) Your job is to watch 
the 2015 Martinsville race, the fall race. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll get right on that. I'm sure no. highlights are available. On yes, that. <laughs> yeah, there are, and you will love one of the things that happens in this. Is it? Is this though? This isn't the thing where the guy rides up on the wall. No, that oh, was God. Ross Chastain last, last year. year. Okay. This involves a win, the final win of this driver's career. Oh, this is Jeff Gordon. Hey, okay. <laughs> hey, got you. I got you on that one. I don't have to watch it now since I know who won it. No, I, don't, I don't care about who won it. I want you to tell me who was probably going to win the race and what happened and why he didn't. Ooh. You know this one. All right. I guess I'll watch the three-minute highlights of this video. That's all you need to watch. <laughs> yep. And then you have to go watch. I'm going to send you two links. One's going to be the actual highlights of the race. Uh The next one is going to be what they call NASCAR radioactive, which is where you listen to the scanners throughout the race. Oh, I saw. uh, Those are good. I saw last thing. I saw a Coat Bush one of those. Yeah. I I was laughing. I saw that today, actually. Oh, yeah. I saw today as well. Oh, Kurt and Kyle on there. Man. Kurt would go in. Like, I'm going to try to find you and send you that link, but it's awesome. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm going to send you your assignment. I'm going to send you your assignment. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, Bryson. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Something else coming up next here on WKGN. I think you're tuning in tomorrow for three and out right here on Fan Run Radio.